Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star too. For two, you like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today is a returning guest with her sister. It's Diana DiCostanzo and Michelle DiCostanzo. Thanks for having us. Me too. Yes. Me too. And, they are, <laughs> and they are not stepsisters. They are sisters, everyone. Mm-hmm. Sisters Which... from the same mister. And mom. <laughs> <laughs> And the reason why, yeah, I, and the reason why I say that is to make a little joke because we're here to talk about the 2021 version of Cinderella. Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> this movie was written and directed by Kay Cannon. If you don't know who she is, Pitch Perfect. She did that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. I didn't know. Um, and. <laughs> Uh, and according to IMDb, a modern m- movie musical with a bold take on the classic fairy tale. Our ambitious heroine has big dreams, and with the help of her fab godmother, she perseveres to make them come true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hon- that's not honest- right. Yeah. Honestly, though, while I've seen this before, and while rewatching it for this, I started questioning actually whose movie is this because i feel like we see more about the prince than we do the cinderella storyline yeah it was like for me they were definitely trying to make them even i also kind of felt at times that the idea was oh dina menzel we would love you to be cinderella in this cinderella we're making she's like um too old and they're like okay we're gonna make you not quite a villain and we're gonna beef up this role so they were definitely doing something different with all of the and they didn't want to pull they didn't want to do what they did with uh the 1997 cinderella the disney channel one or the the tv movie version where originally whitney houston was going to play cinderella when they started developing it er in the earlier 90s late 80s 90s and then she aged out so they're like godmother so with your train of thought i guess they didn't want to give her the godmother because that's like such a smaller part in this one than it is in other iterations uh michelle what did you, off the bat what do you think of it um i i actually loved indita menzel in this i love the fact that you know she's a villain but she's really not the villain like i was rooting for her like i couldn't help but like want her to be like the good mother you know what i mean and like they sh- in the end you know it kind of like fell to that and even like her evil I guess stepsisters they weren't very evil they weren't like yeah no <laughs> there was actually that... yeah it kind of like I felt like they could have done more with that either it could gone either way I guess they were just kind of like there you know what I mean so it really wasn't like evil stepsisters or the good stepsisters they were just kind of like she wasn't tortured by her sisters right. or her yeah and except for being Stepmom. her throwing some like you know ink was it on her dress you know what I mean yeah. apart from that, that was, you know that was mean that was so, which was so mean. mean yes yes especially because she yeah she made the dress that was mean you know but far from that you know what I mean like I was like surprised that she just she really wasn't like evil we are know? a dina menzel stands yeah I, I have to tell you i'm a little biased because i love her you know what i mean but and frozen plays i in just your thought house all the time. Yeah. 
I know nonstop Elsa playing in the background. But um, but yeah, I I, I like that though that she wasn't like super evil, you know. So we would say that the patriarchy is is what the villain is of this movie. Ooh, <laughs> I think that's fair because I definitely wrote down like it's a feminist version of cinderella of course um because everything for cinderella is about her dreams her work even the relationship with the prince ends up in a point where he leaves her his uh quote-unquote job for her and there's all this talk especially with the prince's sister uh like you won't even give me a seat at the table she ends up gonna be next in line like everything is pointing towards having a more equal and feminist version of Cinderella for little girls to watch as opposed to maybe other versions. And yet they still fall in love, which for me, that fell short completely. You because had the chemistry between them, like it, at least well, on so, her end, you know, it wasn't there. Like, I don't see like, Oh, I guess I'm in love with you. You know what I mean? But like, but she's saying she's in love with him, but on his hand, I, I guess I saw it, you know, but as far as their chemistry and like them being in love, quote unquote, like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. So I agreed. I don't think they had chemistry, but I kind of think it was the prince's fault. I <laughs> like, I don't know your opinion, John, but I wasn't as big a fan of him in the role because I think he fell a little flat for me versus mm. Cabello. I think for me personally, she's very charismatic. I really liked her in it. Um, but I think me and Michelle have opposite opinions here. I think she's really good, but as far as her chemistry with the character, the prince, you know what I mean? I think that fell short. Just because especially yeah. they're singing perfect, you know what I mean? The Ed Sheeran song. They're saying that they're young and love and I'm just like not feeling it. Is that Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. That is Ed Sheeran. Iran? It's not how you say his name. <laughs> well, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what song I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so glad I just have to hit record and you guys are going to take over this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's great. Um, so two points I want to make with what you guys yeah. are talking about. First of all, um, Adina Menzel is also a victim of the patriarchy with her talking about to to keep going the, the Adina Menzel love and everything, you know. Like she has that monologue where she talks about how she played piano and she was really great at it and she wanted to learn more but her husband or father some yeah, male figure husband mm-hmm. yeah some male figure in her life was like no and did like you know the the stupid thing and so she had to give it up she had to give up on her dreams right and, and like i feel like for at least that moment like game recognizes game where she's like i understand that you're hurting right now and that you know like you think you're you this is your dream and everything but realistically society doesn't like us um Mm -hmm. doesn't like doesn't like us to have thoughts and be business owners because there's also that scene with where camilla cabello is in the uh marketplace and she's like and sons man yeah right yeah Mm -hmm. that was a good point that i never even realized like yeah all this generational wealth is passed down through the you know uh the male side like Mm -hmm. history legacy but like i think i see i think i saw women with like flower baskets selling flowers so it's not like they had a (laughs) store like well no no, like to kind of like poke a little hole in this be like 
either all men or like nothing or like nothing you know like get rid of this boy in terms of their chemistry though i don't know it felt a little weird because i don't think she was a great choice i mean she could sing the shit out of it her right i think her voice was touched by technology can we agree with that oh a hundred percent too much i think it kind of always is i actually looked up like an unplugged acoustic video of her singing and playing and it's it's beautiful and i think sometimes people overproduce stuff with but it also music. takes away from what i like the original music specifically yeah that is written for this movie like one in a million i think it a million could... and one. Oh, a million. <laughs> <laughs> a million sorry a million one, one. In a million. <laughs> i mean same thing <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but it takes away from it because all i hear is like the auto tune in it and it could be so pretty yeah. but i'm hearing kind of like the shouting you know it's very nasal yeah and well just kind of her but yeah there's it's enhanced by this technology sound that's not really great but then right. like it, it felt like there's too much going on in this one movie as well like <laughs> Well, because, like, we have the feminism, which I appreciated this one that they didn't, It it's not like they're shoving it down your throat like other shows, like other movies mm-hmm. and TV shows have done. I'm looking at you, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that. Oh, that one there. Oh, uh, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> but also, like, you know, we have Pierce Brosnan in another musical. Why? Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Can't sing. The well, at, at least in this one, they make fun of that point. Right, they right. do. Yes. So they mm-hmm. they call Kinda attention to it. <laughs> yeah, but like he's the king, and there's that whole dynamic with him, his wife, and two kids, where like you know he realizes that he's running a broken household in a way, and mm-hmm. right, and like they're calling attention to it, and he's not listening, and they're like, well, I mean, sure, you can. Pr- you can plug your ears and go la 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 i can't hear you but like right yeah because he's the one that married into the into the uh being the king the bloodline right he, it's not his bloodline right oh i don't remember yeah <laughs> you I'm, were telling me that I'm i didn't remember sure it was it you know they were saying how she was measuring the back of the throne saying that his was taller than hers but she was the actual bloodline of the royalty oh yeah and that oh. and she had that whole speech saying you know that how when he wanted to be king that's when he acted like he was in love with her and then once he finally was king that's when everything was yeah shady it is shady oh it's shit i blocked that part out <laughs> is that what the show 90 day fiance is like i think it's basically like that. <laughs> um but yeah i i i don't know it's also interesting because the guy who played the prince hold on i i don't want to say wild conjecture if i'm not right let me make sure yeah so the guy that played the prince like recently was in red white and royal blue as the prince of england so i'm like okay i understand you're playing you have that princely Mm. like yeah around you but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about their chemistry i feel like yeah no. i feel yeah. like this movie also had a weird it's in weird fantasy time period where clearly they're talk they're of the past and they're talking about the past and they're kind of trying to make connections with like how some things are still happening or we're regressing back to the past right. but they're using modern 
styling, modern language, modern mm-hmm. some modernness to it that I'm still I, I was also a little I was just so confused because like when he said when the when the prince says that he's gonna die at forty and you're like oh yeah okay oh, yeah <laughs> okay but then like when Adina Menzel is talking to her daughters. And they're like, I don't understand this one word that you're saying. And they're like, and the other one is just went like, it just means like get busy or something like that. Like you know, like they I'll get yeah. popping or something. Yeah. She said, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, mm-hmm. what? And then you have all of these like hairstyles that are super present day. And I'm like, what yeah. is happening? It's mm-hmm. such a mix of time periods, styles. I mean, I know musically kind of what they were going for i think i had said this to to someone it's we're living in a post uh, greatest showman world where they're they want that like modern kind of dance all in style um little hip-hop rap thrown in there with the town crier Mm. we got with the dance styles especially it's very modern and hip-hop um i don't know if you've ever seen i think it's a netflix um thing jingle jangle Yep. It was a Christmas thing. I, that reminded me of mm-hmm. that so much. I love Jingle Jangle, by the way. Um, oh, we should do an episode on that. But- There's this <laughs> weird shift that's happening in a lot of like modern new musical movies where they're going so hard with the music and choreography. And I don't yeah. understand why. Like it's Hamilton's fault. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to say, it did have a Hamilton feel. Like the- yeah. Who's the choreographer? for that it would have been the same as in the heights probably right for this for this movie you mean for For hamilton oh for hamilton i don't Uh, don't remember but i feel like there's definitely inspiration pulled from that maybe for this movie ashley wallen was the choreographer who was one of the male masquerade dancers in phantom of the opera the movie uh he was also in moulin rouge as a dancer oh Um, interesting yeah, Moulin Rouge may have started the movie musicals going hard. <laughs> there was a moment in this one that it was during What a Man, Seven Nation Army, which... Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, where at the end, they were doing like a fast edit, and it really felt like Moulin Rouge in a way. Mm-hmm. Where... Yeah. I was just like, oh, we're cutting really fast around everything. And it's. And they're both musicals that took existing, like, modern pop or whatever songs to fit into this other storyline and had, like, one or two original just songs. Just doing as covers. Well. As yeah. Well. I like that, though. I like when, you know, shows, movies, and musicals do cover songs. So then you could actually relate a little bit better to it because, like, you may know the song, you know, so you may know. And I like knowing music rather you know, than it all. I, know, I, I, you I'm know. getting to my point. Uh, yeah, rather you know. being all original music and, you know, you hearing it for the first time. Like, I like that they used, um, what's it called song? Am I wrong? I don't know. Is that, Am, yeah, I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> but like, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> but, like, some of the other songs, um, well, so What a Man and Seven Nation Army. And if you thought that they were going to mash those two songs together, well, you are right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I was just like, did you? 
it's weird where I feel like they it, it they're taking somewhat of a glee approach. We're on glee. I feel like they just looked at <laughs> the lyrics. <laughs> True, it may be glee's fault instead. <laughs> well, no, no, that like they looked at the lyrics and they're like, let's shoehorn this into this storyline. So I think they just yeah. looked at the lyrics. Granted, in What a Man, when the stepsisters come in and go, I think I want to have your baby. I laugh. Oh, yeah. I like that. Song. Oh, that was the part where I was like, no, I'm over this song. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Rhythm Nation as the opening. Uh, I didn't... With you Gotta Be. I like You Gotta Be, because actually I yeah. forgot about that song. But it's a good song. I, it is good. Like, mm. I always liked it when it would play on the radio. I just don't like Rhythm Nation with it. I don't know. It's not bad. But I feel like they they were like, okay, we need something that shows the town that like the that lyrics kind of work. And they made like a short list and then they just kind of picked one. Like I'm not, I wasn't a fan of the song choice for the finale song. Definitely Let's not. Get Loud. That felt very random. Camila Cabello, Havana. But that's how you put Pierce yeah. Brosnan in a musical number. Him just I have not there. seen <laughs> Mamma Mia, to be fair. Have you seen Mamma Mia? I have Mia? not. Okay. Oh. Yeah, actually, yeah, I actually haven't. So I, I probably should. should. See how bad oh, he really boy. is. I mean, I like Pierce Brosnan and I like Minnie Driver, I like both of them a lot. But yeah, the, <laughs> there's a lot of shoehorning. When you this, but... when you watch Mamma Mia, feel free to text me afterwards and be like, <laughs> I understand everything now. <laughs> oh my god! But remember, I was saying earlier about the "Somebody to Love" song that the Prince sings. How they, yeah. you know, they also use that song in what was it Ella Enchanted? The movie, which I thought was funny because I immediately thought of that when I heard that song. I thought it was interesting that they would use that song when it's in that movie too, even though it's a good song. And I think he has a good voice, even I though feel he's like kind he has of a like mediocre, a decent voice. He's not as auto tuned as Camila, which I like. I mean, it's still kind of auto tuned, but not as bad. I, don't, I was a fan of her i actually like i had kept hearing about her like years ago and i didn't really know anything about her and then she was going to be the guest on snl the musical guest so i was like oh let me like be introduced to this artist on snl and i remember i guess it was havana i forget which song but the style of it was like this marie antoinette sort of french scene with this like drama and dancing and i was really impressed by just like the theatrics of it so i was like all right she's not bad and uh sometimes with new like modern pop singers i'm like oh no i don't want to be a fan of that i don't even want to listen to them i don't want to like them everyone loves them and so with her i was like all right every time i've gotten a little taste of her i've been impressed so i can only speak to her uh knowing her from here i i may know i may have heard songs outside of this but like none are coming to mind right now (laughs) um her but most it's... famous one is Havana Unana. Oh. And thank yeah. you in case I, I, I get yelled at or sued for copyright infringement because oh, we were mumbling a lot. So you didn't. Yeah, you, didn't good. you just said like three Some words. Song. Yeah. It was, it but uh, <laughs> but uh, in this movie though, there's this whininess to her voice Uh yeah but like that i don't know if it's her or if it's maybe like the effect of auto-tuning so probably a little of both i think Mm. strained a little bit i'm feeling i'm thinking Mm. of a million like million to one where she's yeah under the pitch it sounds like if it's a man 
doing? It's I a just, singing with like the tongue very far forward too, which I think is just her style of. It just kind of gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah, but it, but when you just did it, Diana, you at least had power behind your voice. And okay. that I, it felt like she <laughs> Like, no, yeah. Like the breath support or the technique. Yeah, that's just, that sounds strained, and that's what's like annoying to me. Because then you, she sings it over a million times. I'd be interested to hear her sing it live without any like studio and maybe production. lower it a little bit. <laughs> lower it a little. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing I have with every female song. It's too high as mm-hmm. a resident alto slash sometimes tenor. Yeah, let's lower every female song. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, I feel like Material Girl makes the most sense in this. I guess for me, it felt a little more jarring, at least up to that point, because it's a little bit older than some of the other songs that were done. Uh, I guess Somebody to Love isn't super modern either, but that one felt a little bit more dated than the other stuff that like oh that's Ed Sheeran or whatever but like I I, it's weird but she sang it really well she sang it really well the other two had great harmonies with her mm-hmm. um, at the end and then you have the back flipping farm boy yeah <laughs> why'd we get that backflip? I don't know why but we needed it we needed that backflip. and there's a part where he says like yeah, yeah. or something no yeah he like yeah <laughs> Or, or he had, needed it. <laughs> it's that thing in jukebox musicals where they make dialogue out of the song and you're like mm-hmm. guys come on this enough I, I get it i also <laughs> i also want to put this out there in the universe can we retire using queen somebody to love in a jukebox musical as an oh i want song or anything like that ellie enchanted did it fine i get it that I think they're trying to make connections. I feel like they're trying to make connections to every other Cinderella out there because this felt like a lot like every iteration Disney has produced. And that's because the costume designer for this movie did the Brandy one in 1997. Mm. Oh. Interesting. So I, I've never seen that version, which is crazy. Really? Have you ever seen it? I think With so. Brandy? It's been yeah. a while, but I've definitely seen it. I know. I've I've not seen a lot of movies that you'd think someone would see. Like, I've never seen The Matrix. I I didn't see The Godfather till like a year ago. That's fine, too. But like, (laughs) come on, that was our... That was our childhood. Like I know. I'm it, really shocked that you haven't seen you it. You don't there, know if you've seen it. I have seen it, but I just it's been a long time, so it's a little rusty, but I've definitely seen it. Okay, sure, so sure. Course. She's not just saying that. after this. And it's the nice family movie and everything. It's Rogers and Hammerstein. It's Brandy. Also, we yeah. this the last episode, and I don't know why I'm trying to sell it on you guys, you two, but like <laughs> go watch it. Um <laughs> And then and then report and then text me back. Be like, I understand now. Uh. <laughs> but you're talking about the the costumes related to that. I really liked a lot of the visuals of it. So these really bright colors, like this turquoise and fuchsia, especially at uh, with Adina Menzel's character and at their house, um, all of the dresses. I I was kind of digging. Like it was pop in color. I liked also that there was like pattern to their yeah. cost like the fabrics that they use so like it's not 
if when you whenever you watch if you're going to watch the 1997 Cinderella you'll see that it's like mostly color like just colors there's no like stripes mm-hmm. or anything like that yeah. um i think i don't I, i'm speaking so boldly right now but in this one like a lot of adina menzel especially with her close-ups you know and they're showing like the top portion of her dress and you're seeing you're seeing a pattern you're seeing a print and everything i really i liked that i also liked how so over the top what a man with the women and what a man there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and like (laughs) there's that there's that one that's in a wiggy wiggy wig 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 yeah and and then there's that one that's front and center that's bald with the gold leaf on her i was just like oh yeah i get it that's it that that's this is I understand this world that we're in. <laughs> That's why I'm surprised that her Cinderella dress wasn't nicer. I don't know. So like it was very ethereal. Do you think though it's more of a wedding dress than a ball gown? No. I, I, was, I, I'm yeah. kind of, I was kind of getting like a weird bridal vibe from it. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It didn't seem it does I do get more wedding vibes from it. But it's simple. I just it wasn't I don't know. It's supposed to be her design. You know what I mean? And she's wowing these people like, oh, wow, I need you to design for me. That's, you know, getting business. But it wasn't that. I had more of an issue that her hair was still in a damn braid when she went to the ball. (laughs) She couldn't do it. Um, But it's so hard with the dress, right? Because I feel like in the original, it was that like crystally silver, like maybe almost looking blue. And so I know what they were going for. And I, I had worked for a while at the revival of cinderella on broadway just like selling merch but i got to Mm -hmm. see the show a lot and the costume changes and that magic was probably the highlight of that um of course yeah that show in general and so the change into that dress was the biggest moment and so it is this like huge thing and i do agree i guess that it could have been like it could have popped a little especially the fact that it's her design you know what i mean true i think do you think it was more like the sleeves that because it wasn't attached or just the just color the fabric the color like I think it just the color. it was dull yeah, yeah. It was, it, and you know like the, then, that pink dress that she wore even though part of it was hideous I I like the color <laughs> of it. right it reminded mm-hmm. me very like early 2000s yeah kind of outfits yes. mm-hmm. that's it that's where it yeah is. Hillary Duff would have worn that dress yes with pants <laughs> Yeah. With pants on the red carpet for Lizzie McGuire's fifth movie. <laughs> but what yeah, I did I like it. about the dress actually is like the when the magic is going away and like like the the transformation the to it and out of it was mm-hmm. very interesting and new a new take where right. very natural. This the CGI was weird when it transforms but we'll forgive it it. Mm -hmm. well speaking of that moment and costumes can we talk about one of the biggest stars and best parts i was gonna bring that up too movie (laughs) billy porter as the fabulous godmother i like every time i've watched this i've given like a standing ovation to my (laughs) computer tv because he just comes in and nails it and the theme they have with the monarch butterfly turning into this outfit was 
perfection. Oh my god! That, from the caterpillar too. Yeah, that's such that a good idea. transformation. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, if you watch it again, notice that the wand is an antenna. Yeah, I was like, that is so smart. And like, you see the wings morph into his gown, like. If she was wearing a gown like that, maybe not in that color, but like a gown like that, I think yeah. I would have not mm-hmm. hated it as much. I understand right. we're going for a big, floofy, almost princessy dress for her, but like Billy Porter. So much potential to be so much more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think because she's she's pretty short, I think she's 5'2", which is my height. Do you think that played a part maybe? Because ballroom gowns i feel like sometimes are hard on really short people i mean this was custom made for her clearly Mm, that's true (laughs) so it doesn't it doesn't matter also billy porter's wearing heels in this scene and i was just like why you're already a giant (laughs) (laughs) i feel like billy porter doesn't go anywhere without wearing heels but and the song too his voice is phenomenal but then you know they have the scene he sends her off and the finale no the last moment yeah he Mm -hmm. i think i remember hearing in an interview around the time it came out that he was so overjoyed and felt so honored to play this role he felt like it was a role he was born to play and he took it extremely seriously um and you can see that like he milks every second of it he's Mm -hmm. he showed up to set being like i'm gonna make the most of this this is it's not a very long role at all it's very short right and he definitely made his mark for sure but like and also i felt like she was more comfortable in that scene than any other yes she had a lot of chemistry with him totally yeah way more than the prince (laughs) i know Uh, and they played off each other they were funny they had banter going yeah the dialogue was really quippy and actually i was thinking when i watched that scene that um Oh my god, I lost my train of thought. What was I thinking? We're talking about the banter and them talking and that the, the scene and, and something the about banter. They were playing I, off each god. other. I, I liked the the meta banter that she had where she was where he's like, You look so sad. I like I was just singing about how I know, I was gonna say that. I thought that was so funny. Which part? Because she wasn't I didn't think a lot of it was funny, but that was funny. She was like, I was just singing and crying about it. Oh yeah, that <laughs> um but it I remember it now uh, that they, as the voice of the movie leaned into the camp in that scene. And I think that's where other parts of the movie fell flat was this movie needed to be all camp. Like that's what they did really well. Okay. So, so it's cause I wrote down that I feel like this movie does and doesn't know it's campy. Yes. Yeah. There are moments like material girl, the backflip, the choreography, camp it's campy mm-hmm. um but then you get to rhythm nation you gotta be and i'm like you're supposed to set the tone with this and i'm getting like strong choreography and like we're getting mm-hmm. somewhat of a the feminist uh, approach that is going to happen in the rest of this movie but like where's the camp factor yeah bad song choice i think for the opening number true because the song a song is either kind of leans into that campiness or not yeah so but yeah that's a big part of the tone i think and when it does well it's self-referential it understands that they're a little zany and they're doing something different with this fairy tale and other times it's done very seriously and both are 
fine, but maybe sometimes it doesn't match up. That's just why I don't know why they chose Perfect, the song Perfect. What would you have chosen? Ugh, I don't know. I just think it was <laughs> too, like, it's just too serious. And they're talking about this love, this great love. And they're, like, totally not in love from, like, my perspective. And I'm sure other, like, like I don't know. It just didn't feel yeah. right. They needed something a little less serious. You know what I mean? A nice slow song, but not as, like, oh, my God, we're in love. Oh, I got it. it. I got a perfect duet that they could have done. Because they're not sure if they're in love, right? Right. So they would have gone on a... Do you love me? <laughs> Do I what? <laughs> Get there on the road. Perfect. I've well, so, solved it. What well, well, perfect? So, I, I, Michelle, I know you said that you liked the fact that this is a jukebox musical because you you know the songs, but like, right? What I mean, there's two original songs in this. Which are a million of one and what is the other one? Uh, Dream, Dream Girl. Girl, which I love. That's her favorite. That's my talk so, about my playlist. Definitely. Plus, I mean, you have all of the the Herald or whatever that character is, the one that comes out and gives exposition um, in a rap. Those oh, are. Can all- I talk about him a little bit? Well, let me let me finish okay. it and then we'll get back. Um, okay. Well, like, what if? <laughs> sorry, sorry. What if instead this was all original music? I feel like that would have maybe helped because yeah. I feel like some of the songs were just like shoved in there just because they read the lyrics and they're like, "Great, this is it." Let's yeah, add, I think. Let, let's add like fairy tale music behind it or period. I think if the same person was writing the songs as the same person that wrote dream girl i think i think adina menzel wrote it or co-wrote it yeah uh then definitely think they would have had a good shot and i think yeah you're right camilla cabello wrote or co-wrote million to one because then they could have made anything they wanted and it might have fit the script a little bit better but i mean i'll always prefer completely original musicals over jukebox ones especially on broadway um the fact that it is, though, they have so many options since it's the jukebox musical that they could have used for Rhythm Nation, I think, and Perfect, especially. And like, and like, there's a show currently out on Broadway called And Juliet, where at least yeah. all the songs were co-written by the same person. So you mm-hmm. are like, oh, I understand. You went through this person's discography and you picked that. None of these are connected, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like. Okay. Make the music make sense, please, movie. Right. Yeah. It's Sorry, Diana. I, I, uh, you wanted to talk about the Herald. Yeah. So the town crier character, I believe those were original too, because where would they come from? You know, they were. And uh, um, Kay Cannon actually had a hand in writing those. Oh, okay. Um, so the town crier himself, I, when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Doc Brown, because so now we're starting to get into one of the reasons why i even wanted to watch this movie in the first place because i'm a huge anglophile and i'm really into the british comedy scene and there was a bunch of british comedians that i knew in this and recognized um doc brown uh he does a lot but he does music as well i recognize him from taskmaster which is sort of like a game-ish show with comedians and actors in the uk uh so it was really cool to see him in that role and the i heard i believe i'm getting this right that originally that role was supposed to be played by missy elliott yes i read originally they were 
written um that was written for her so i could have seen her in that for sure mm-hmm. but i thought he did a good job but this leads me to the the reason i watch this because my favorite comedian of all time right now is in this as one of the mice and that's james acaster mm-hmm. and you've heard me go on about james mm-hmm. acaster so he's one of the mice he's like the tall skinny white one mm-hmm. the not james corden and not ramish rag nathan who's another great comedian um well, and so the thing I- about oh go, go ahead no no you finish you finish and then and then i want to drop a bomb on you Ooh. maybe we're gonna say the same thing though go right ahead let's see what because so the mice their names are ramish played by ramish right nathan james played by james corden and john played by james acaster originally he wasn't supposed to play james acaster wasn't supposed to play that role it was a last minute dropout it was kind of earlier in the pandemic where i think there wasn't a ton of travel internationally mm-hmm. so they did use a lot of local uk people because i believe it's filmed there so it was supposed to originally be played by john Bellady, and he dropped out i believe because of the reasons that were very public and then james a caster got this role and i was very happy he was obviously one of my favorite parts of this movie mm-hmm. well so uh you talked about how ben Ben Bailey Smith is Ben in, Bailey Smith, yeah, the is, town crier is on Taskmaster. John James Acaster also is in that Romesh, mm-hmm. uh, Romesh Reagan Nathan, uh huh, I th- and Rob Beckett, and, who plays Thomas. Yes, that's where I know him from. The toothy grin and everything. I think, yeah. So I think those oh. four people were cast. Because James Corden is a producer of this movie. Mm. And so he was probably just There's like, British let's buddies. call my British buddies and get on the phone. I mean, granted, like you said, and like IMDb told me before we started recording that Missy Elliott and and John Mulaney were supposed to be part of this, but unfortunately couldn't for one reason or another. So I, I'm assuming that that's because... Uh, james corden who's yeah god can we can we stop putting him in musical movies for a hot second <laughs> he's been a cat and a mouse he's covered it all mm-hmm. Hon- honestly i when they cut away to the mice so many times i just like started rolling my eyes or just like playing around on my phone because i'm like i don't care and no, i was there being like Oh, there's James Acaster again. Oh, there's James Acaster. I, like I mean, funny. I like the mice as humans, you know. Yes, but you know, once they're mice again, it's kind of like because it it brings a different. So I understand that we're talking about a magical fantasy story here, where a butterfly turns into the Fab Godmother, and there's magic and involved. But like introducing the mice talking before they were transformed also felt off and this is where it it also made me think that they were pulling that from the original disney animated movie gus gus yes Mm. oh okay gus gus (laughs) and i'm just like come on people can we not can we can we yeah they did have the line uh nod your head all she hears is squeaks and i was like they put that in there so we understood the context of what's going on right Right. now Mm -hmm. like them making commentary 
um, that moment after the ball when they're have the three mice are having discussion, and then she's like, "I bet you guys are just talking about how I didn't go." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, What's happening here." I know. Also, she's like, "Oh yeah, my like dingy little." basement i'm like that's a beautiful like studio apartment that's that would go for like nice 4500 a month in new york that's i know and they're nice always like you apartment. have dirt on your face i'm like she's literally gorgeous what are you talking about yeah no i but, see what you're saying yeah i mean this movie's i, I think this movie's <laughs> just a mess but entertaining it's a lot but it's entertaining. very entertaining i mean mm-hmm. you're kind of dancing at times like even like, though I didn't like the Let's Get Loud, it was kind of bopping around. Again, it had a lot of potential as far as the music department, but it is entertaining, you know, and I did, you know, except for some parts here and there, I was watching, you know, the whole time. And you were saying something about you've watched it multiple times now. Right. I, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. And I knew if I didn't, if I watched it a couple of times and still didn't like it, then I knew it wasn't good because the things that I love. I never liked the first time watching or listening to songs, you know, so it it grows on me the more I watch it and I catch things I didn't catch the first time, you know, which is a few things. So I do. I did have to watch it a few times and then it grew and and it definitely grew on me for sure, because there is so much going on, you know, And, and you do miss a lot, you know, if you don't watch it multiple times. And it's like you said, there's been so many versions of Cinderella that sometimes it's interesting just to see, okay, what are they doing different like i would say my favorite version of cinderella is ever after because i absolutely yes. love that movie love it. it's just that's not a musical, not a musical no yeah. um but it's interesting to see like what okay what's this production gonna take away from this story so i kind of liked that they went the more feminist musical over the top way because you know what why not <laughs> why not i mean it makes it makes sense to because i feel like at least with the oh it's been a minute since i've seen the original disney animated one but like yeah. the yeah. cinderella and that doesn't really have a want i feel like right she's just sad that she has to clean the floors <laughs> yeah, you right? get the same way you know what i mean at least in this one camilla cabello was like i want to open a dress shop and i want to right. dress i want to i want to make dresses and i want to be I want to be a successful business person. And you're like, cool. I understand this. At least if in the original Disney one, she was like, I want to get married and have babies. I'd be like, great. I understand your want now, but you don't have, we didn't, you didn't say that. And like, I mean, yes, that's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, the action just happens to her, which is a very protagonist thing. But I feel like, especially in older stories with protagonists, like stuff just happens to them rather than this one's very protagonist driven because like in the rogers and hammerstein one i think it's just that she just wants to get out of there right like she just she doesn't want to yeah i think she wants (laughs) yeah (laughs) no one wants to clean floors uh she just wants something better in life i think i don't even know if she specified like love or a job or well she has um in my own little corner where she talked where i mean she talks about oh, yeah, looks yeah. And imag- she wants to see the world so at least there's that yeah she wants like peace too in her life so uh, cinderella had a good she had a big basement like big basement beautiful like fabric she had a hole to work with 
basically. She had a whole cutting table and a whole sewing. She had section. a lot. And she wasn't that dirty. Even just to have like a pen and paper. Like with the <laughs> other Cinderella's have had that. I didn't she made some tea. I didn't think else. I didn't really see her cleaning. Yeah, she made some tea. Yeah. She didn't have to clean the floor. So this one had a good compared to that one. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> One last question before we get into Stripe and Flat. So, Diana, on your first episode of the podcast, 10,000 years ago, <laughs> yeah, uh, you talked about, we talked about Jesus Christ Superstar, where you and your sister would sing some of it together. <laughs> what song out of this do you see you two, or Michelle as well, what song out of this do you see you two duetting, if there is one? Duet one. Hmm. Well, you would definitely be singing Dream Girl. Yeah, definitely. I, but as far as a duet, I mean, one of the mashups, or sing, maybe. Or sing together. It doesn't have to necessarily be a duet, but, like, maybe you guys... Maybe Dream Girl. Um, so or Millie... I mean, because... Millions of One, I feel one. like, is the one I really like the yeah. most. But it's too high for me, but I still really want to sing it. Mm-hmm. But then she sings higher than me, so sometimes I make her sing things that my voice can't do, so we'd kind of duet where I would try it and be like, you sing it so it sounds good. <laughs> I would say Dream Girl. I just let's just my favorite song out of the whole. All right, sing it. I don't want to get isn't like a whole like copyright. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, the, the, that song goes on a journey, and I feel like I feel like if you were to do it properly, you do need like a chorus of women. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That part mm-hmm. the background yeah, definitely the adds background. to it the strength of it yeah. yeah and i've i'm very used to singing backup for her or her for me uh it's mm-hmm. but if you look forward million to one i definitely think that would be your song yeah the whole octave probably i right? think it's a great i want song mm-hmm. it, it is the brief yeah and it's it's fun it's poppy it's exactly her style because i think she wrote it um i, did, did, I th- didn't know it was original i thought it was a cover at first when i listened to it I didn't know that it was an original because I got a cover vibe from yeah. it. Definitely. Well, but... and so the, the weird thing, though, is that she has a million to one or million to one and he has somebody to love. So he's talking about his want. And that's where I got very confused as to like, I know it's called Cinderella and I know we're really following her. But like, we're getting a lot about the prince because usually I feel like in Cinderella properties, the prince is just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, and at first we don't even really like him because he's like, I don't want to marry. I just want to like mess around with my friends. Yeah, and he like, seems I'm, like lazy and just... he's like apolitical too, which I find like in this day and age is like so annoying. And <laughs> he's like, oh, we have a bad system. Oh, women are. He's just like everything's news to him. But um, I will say another tiny fun fact, which I don't think anyone really cares about but one of his uh like homies that's part of his group his name is i think it's pronounced frothy and i recognize that name because he was in one of my absolute favorite plays on broadway the ferryman that i was obsessed with it was like three hours or over three hours long and i saw it three times because i was obsessed with it um so i was like okay you're a tiny role but i appreciate that you're there on my screen he was also in Les Mis. Oh, I know that. Yeah he he played he played one of the students. Yeah, that makes well, sense. Well, he has a very signature hairstyle in this movie that mm-hmm. is the same in Les Mis. 
So mm, okay. sitting, you're like, there you are. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you have to get through an hour of the of Les Mis in order to get to his entrance, first of all. But like, you know, <laughs> does he have a French accent in that? Because he's very Irish. No one has a French accent in that movie, but in this movie, <laughs> no one has all the accents. Question mark. <laughs> like we have yeah. we have the American accent. We have some English. British, we have, yeah. Uh, isn't Pierce Brosnan Scottish? So his, or at least he's putting on. It sounds like he's putting on a Scottish accent. I don't. Is he Scottish or is he British? Oh well, I, don't, I, I don't mean, even remember. I don't know. I mean, uh, British is just like the all-encompassing term. Well, I guess I meant English, like English or Scottish. This is so bad. Surprise! It's Irish. Well, I mostly yeah. know Pierce Brosnan from Mrs. Doubtfire. I'll be honest. Oh yeah, and I feel like he was British. He probably he's, he's Irish. Irish, yeah. Irish. I'm gonna go with Irish. Where is he from in Ireland? Uh, if you have Google up, Drogheda uh, County Luth, Ireland. County Leith, Leith, I think. Luth, L O U T H. Oh, 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 yeah, Luth. I'm sorry, Michelle. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, is wow. there any, is there anything else okay. you two want to talk about before we get into strap and fly? Yet? Um. <laughs> I feel like they covered a lot. I don't know. Yeah, there's, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Great. Let's do it. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Um, what? Who? What? What should we start with? You want to do one, and then I'll do one. Like well, I, I, you, I wanna, sh- you go first, so you. Show do you want to start? Well, let's, let's. Who wants? Do you want to start with sharps or flats? Let's start with sharps. Yeah. Sharps. yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do one or all of them? I uh, all of them. Okay. James A. Caster. <laughs> Sharp. <laughs> Love it. Because also he hasn't done a ton of acting, so it was almost like he's a friend of mine. Because I listen to like, all podcasts and watch all this stuff so i felt like i was really proud of him for being in this big movie anyway so that's a sharp great job james um i believe i read that this is his and romesh's film debut i i believe that so like they've done tv and everything else obviously they're on taskmaster as we talked about but like a feature film you know this is their Mm -hmm. first one so good for them yeah um billy porter as the fabulous godmother just perfection for me camilla cabello like i said i think she was very charismatic in the role sometimes you don't expect someone who's a singer to be a decent actor that can deliver lines and be funny or charming and i thought she pulled it off so i was pleasantly surprised by her acting skills and i thought it all kind of worked uh the colors and design and the costume how funky everything was and bright the fact that it was a feminist fairy tale that i think would be good for young girls to watch as a version of cinderella and maybe an alternative to other fairy tales or other versions of the fairy tale and then a couple of songs which i think i'll save for the life's playlist because they're going to be on there Michelle, yeah. you right, I'll cross your I'll, turn. I'm cross no, you can have the same ones. <laughs> You're allowed. Um, We're, this oh, is okay. this okay. is all just your thoughts. You could be like, yes, I agree with you because okay, I also cool. wrote Billy Porter as a shark. 
Yeah, oh. Debilly Porter actually is on mine as well. Um, another one I have that you didn't mention, I like the ensemble in it. You know, mm. I, all the ensembles, even though, even if I didn't like the music, I thought it was pretty powerful. You know, like the chorus and somebody to love and the what a man, at least the ensemble and the dancing and the singing. I like them. You know, it um it worked, I think, for what it was. Yeah. Um, Adina Manzel in a whole, you know, it just worked for me. Yeah. Everything she sang, she didn't have a bad song. Oh, I didn't have her um, on my list, but I, I agree. You want my pen? <laughs> you want my pen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um her character you know the you know the choices she made down to her clothes you know everything you know it just worked and i know you know yes as far as the (laughs) as far as casting for her yes for billy porter for the mice um i'll save that for the flats so yeah i'll I'll pass it so for so for me i wrote down uh i want to sharp maddie baeo i believe that's how you pronounce her last name uh charlotte spencer and minnie driver uh, mm-hmm. Maddie and Charlotte were the sisters. Yes. I thought they were great. They were mm-hmm. funny. They were good. Comedic timing on both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's How always do I feel about myself? <laughs> and, it's, and it's always interesting. So when when you two eventually watch the Cinderella from 1997, starring Brandy and Whitney Houston, you'll notice that the stepsisters in there. One is like lean and long and tall and the other one is curvy and shorter and so Mm -hmm. i'm like what's up with this dynamic like why are we always casting a a, right woman and a lean well that's the thing like pain and panic from hercules right all that brief i feel like Mm -hmm. so but like as the stepsisters though i'm just like this is weird commentary and i don't know what we're saying i think (laughs) if there is commentary Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i get what you're saying it's interesting that you brought up that line diana because i did sharp the conversation between cinderella and narissa about beauty yeah Mm -hmm. because like that is a great line that everybody needs to hear like it doesn't matter what i think how i think you look it's how you feel and if you exactly. if you feel you know sexy wearing a garbage bag and crocs then go for it <laughs> like whatever <laughs> um i also sharp the godmother's transformation because that was beautiful yes. um sharped the chemistry between camilla cabello and billy porter like we talked about they yeah. felt very at ease and very funny I also sharp the What a Man Seven Nation Army sequence because it okay. <laughs> I was laughing with and at the movie at that time, so it was just that wild. was camp, right. yeah, it was camp. And then uh, sharp to Dream Girl, like yeah, I liked that we saw all the women in the cast, some of the ensemble women, you know, the servants rocking out in the in that chamber or whatever like that was just a great moment i felt in the in the movie yeah so every once in a while to break the flow of this i have what i like to call a natural it's neither a sharp nor a flat but i still need to talk about it and for me my natural is the songs like like we said there's there's some great great songs and then there's some that you're just like mm, you had the whole song book at your head right mm-hmm. right definitely so maybe I feel- some of it came down to uh oh they wouldn't give us the rights so and they're giving us the rights to this song 
Quite possibly. But again, I feel like I wish I knew if there was a connective tissue. Like, why right. why did you pick these songs? Is there a right. common producer? Is it, are we going for feminist vibes or something like that? What's going on? I just remembered this. And of course, we should talk about this here. We know what it's like to piece together songs and put a storyline because when we were very young we wrote this sort of frankenstein show called uh cinderella of oz oh my god and actually we did a sequel too and it was like all the stuff we watched or knew at that point annie oliver cinderella wizard of oz shirley temple stuff and we wrote this script out where cinderella kind of gets like jumps between like these different places and it was sort of like a uh like variety show thing with like all these different songs like all of a sudden she's in the world of annie and they're singing it's a hard knock life but we could piece it together we could piece it together we had a reason and we would force like our family friends that came over for like a family event we were like all right here's the script we're gonna act it out and (laughs) you forced them to have readings (laughs) yeah and we would be like you're not getting the shirley temple like oh my word right so i had to stand behind them and do like the head scratch thing so that was like okay we gotta sell this moment but yeah cinderella we were did the first jukebox musical cinderella, cinderella. so uh yeah crazy the de costanzo sisters are coming for your gig basically yes. watch out <laughs> watch out <laughs> that sounds very schmigadoony 100 percent. but it, also, that's exactly but also once upon a time once upon a time oh the, the tv the, show the TV series yeah yes yeah basically they, yeah interesting Did you watch that i don't think so I, I watched it until no, i don't know frozen came into play schmigadoon you ever watched schmigadoon no <laughs> okay. i'm uh, sorry any bells right now maybe well, that was, it's a new show on apple it, oh, okay it, were they parody broadway type yeah of i would remember so definitely haven't seen it okay well, you're gonna have to see. I'll watch. Right, I'll write that the down. Brandy Cinderella, and you watch. Okay. <laughs> All right. Work. All right. Flats. Let's. Uh, Diana, you're gonna start with your flats. Okay. Um, I wrote down the Prince because, again, personally, I just wasn't as much of a fan of his. I just feel like he fell a little flat in his performance, and everything was just sort of all right. Um, and then sort of next and tangential is the relationship like we said the chemistry between the prince and ella so i don't know who has ever fault it was i don't think it's anyone's fault it just wasn't quite there that whole relationship fell flat for me um additionally the storylines and the characters of the royal family for me were a little flat like i liked the sister gwen but I feel like she wasn't written very well. Um, mm. like it wasn't fully fleshed out. And I felt like even though I really like Minnie Driver and Pierce Brosnan and they had decent chemistry together, I think some of their scenes felt a little cheesy too. So some of that felt a little flat, especially because the whole time I was like, well, let's get back to like Cinderella's story. Um, and then I would say my last main flat, which I feel extremely strong about, is that why did they have to break that cello in the ball? 
I just cry anytime I see an instrument being ruined. And I was like, that's so unnecessary. Are you kidding me? I laugh at that. Shallow? No. I laugh at that every time because it is so wild. And I understand that they're making a reference to like like rock bands and guitarists that like in the heat of the moment smash the guitar and they're like great roadie give me my next guitar like that That whole thing was hilarious yeah i thought it was funny but sad but like (laughs) but i I, yeah i i I empathize with you (laughs) and after that that cello went flat oh boy all right yeah your turn with your flats <laughs> well my number one for sure is some of the song choices that were made um especially the, the opening number and the end number um the let's get loud at the end let's get loud in the rhythm of nation i wish would you know just something else to just and of course perfect their love song mm. which didn't work which brings me to their chemistry which there was none in my eyes you know if any on his end maybe i don't know it's just you know all i felt from her was that she loved herself not really anybody else um but that was fine because she wanted to like live her dream you can love yourself so i don't know if that would have been a casting issue because Mm -hmm. i wasn't in love with her vocals camila cabello i felt like you know yes it's like a jukebox musical yes it's poppy and like whatever but it's just way too much running and auto tunes and it's just made me a little bit more of a natural sound coming from her a little less strained and you know a little easier to listen to and then um what else was oh the um force i talked about was her dress which Mm. you know fell flat especially her being a dressmaker which i keep thinking about just blows my mind it had so much potential there granted she didn't she didn't make that dress to play devil's advocate she just designed it. Oh, uh, right. Put out, yeah. And yeah. the Fab Godmother produced it. So, so it's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault. Really <laughs> poor. <Porter. laughs> but yeah, that's basically it. So for me, I first flatted the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> as we all should. As we all will. My next flat is to the cutaways on the mice and their human form. They're like when we were Uh-oh. at the ball and they're there and they're talking and they talk about their penises and then they also yeah i did laugh at the james acaster one where he's like blink if you think i or oh yeah to the horse and the horse blinks yeah. and reacts like that's fine mm-hmm. the other ones i'm just like whatever and then also when they're mice and they're talking i'm like we don't we don't really need this commentary right. now mm-hmm. also i'm gonna flat james corden i'm sorry i just he's, he's just a little a little much for me in this one um I also flatted the mashup of time periods because Mm. it felt a little jarring and confusing. Like if they went full camp time period with no like modern language or anything like that here for it. If they, if they did more of a serious route, like ever after still Mm -hmm. living in the time period, I would be here for that. But like the fact that we're using a modern language and some modern styling with period fantasy time i yeah, yeah no um and then my my last flat is just for me um <laughs> really so my flat is for the visible snaps on the queen's fencing top at her neck so if you <gasps> notice when she's having that moment with pierce brosnan she unbuttons her neck and then you see two snaps there and i'm like 
everyone this is a movie let's pretend it does it doesn't need we it, it's not closed perfectly at this moment it's open let's get rid of them we can we can pretend we're pretending because the snaps take you out of like the they time did. period like you were saying they did yes and they and i'm looking at them like why are you there <laughs> i thought she looked so good in that look though i didn't notice the snaps personally but i thought mini driver like this is a good look for you i mean mini driver is fantastic in this and like i understand that they gave her a lot more to do because it's mini fucking driver like if it was some unknown person i feel like the queen would be like totally in the background Mm -hmm. um but because it's mini driver they gave her more which i which also you know what i'm also gonna add a flat of like too many storylines there's too much happening right i I I think i agree Yeah, yeah definitely if this was a series or like a like a mega mini series or something like that, I think this would be enough. Because like a then, gallivant, more time to uh, yeah, I get what you're like saying. Like a like a like a three episode special something or other, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough time to build on all these different stories, and then maybe their chemistry would have like grown because they had more time. Absolutely, I agree. Maybe <laughs> okay. uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe. Would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Yeah, for me, million to one, because it's so catchy. Of course, so catchy. Uh, Dream Girl and uh, Gotta Be Bad, because I forgot about that song, and I just really like it. Or I don't know if that's the title, but you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold. You gotta be, is I think. But that means that you're also getting the mashup of Rhythm Nation that's fine i i don't think it bothered me as much as uh, you guys and mm. okay well yeah. it's my playlist okay <laughs> <laughs> all right michelle what do you got i would say a million to one if someone else is singing it but oh. they're not so maybe when diana sings it right when yeah, diana yeah, covers I'll, it i'll record it it'll be down yeah, like three lower, steps. yeah definitely <laughs> but i would have say for sure dream girl um definitely um also you know i like um the, am i wrong yeah we could be I, re- I already like that song you know so i like you know i probably add that one too. yeah it really moved the story along yeah. it felt like a good energy just, in that moment feel, yeah you're right it did so yeah, um, i would say those two for sure so i wrote down material girl what mm-hmm. a man what a man seven nation army because ah. <laughs> uh, it's so bonkers. I love it. And it's different. A, yeah. You, you watching, I remember watching it the first time and I'm like, okay, what a man, fine. And then he starts singing. I'm like, is this Seven Nation Army? What is happening right now? And then, <laughs> and then I remember the first time being like, are they going to mash these two songs together? <laughs> and then boom, collision happened. Um, I also wrote down Dream Girl. And then, I mean, let's get loud is just fun. It's fun. Yeah. Right. It's fun. You know, everyone's fine in it. Um She sounds good in it. Well, you fuck it. I'll but... also I'll also add Rhythm Nation You Gotta Be, just because I think yeah. vo- like saw as a song, no visuals, no nothing, just the vocals. I think right. the audio of it, I think is fine. It's entertaining. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They they and like in Material Girl, they have some great harmonies and like I, I like this movie because they played with harmonies too. Yeah, so right. everyone's singing one in unison. In unison, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And on that note, everyone, we're <laughs> done with the episode. Awesome. That was fun. Michelle and Diana, what do you have to plug or promote? Um, well, for me, I don't have much going on. I'm doing a horse show this weekend, but you don't need to come to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me let me give you so this is actually coming out at the end of November. End of November. End of so November. I guess I will plug my birthday that's either just about to happen or have happened on the 28th. So you can give me it happened. A... Happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> if you want to give me a birthday present, you can buy my album called Matters of the Heart that's on iTunes or Spotify, anywhere you get your music. Um so look out for that. It's just my name, Diana DiCostanzo. You can follow me on Facebook, uh, just my name, on Twitter slash X as at Diana Likes Dogs, and Instagram, I believe I'm at Diana Stasia. Yes, you although are. I mostly post pictures of of like crochet work I'm doing and mm-hmm. horses and pottery right now. Hey. <laughs> Get those hobbies. What, um, yeah. Michelle, what do you have? Do you have anything to plug or promote? Um, I'm a mother, so you know I fell behind with a lot of things, but um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm starting up my music again, mostly covers for now, um, but I will be um, starting to record more and posting more videos. Um, it's Dico7490 on Instagram. D-I-C-O. D-I-C-O 7490. Yeah. Dico, you forgot how to spell her last name. <laughs> you, like, you forgot half of it. I know, it's whatever. so long. It works. <laughs> so many letters in your name. Yeah, I had to cut them out. <laughs> as, as the as the person who has to write a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, and if you know why they picked these songs in this movie. I'd lo- we'd love to hear about it. You can email me at butasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at butasongpod. Um, I don't know what, what else to ask the people. So, oh, oh, uh, is this your version of Cinderella? Because we yeah. all our version of it. For me, right. it's, for me, it's Brandy. I, I'm sorry. It, there's so much nostalgia and it, it hits so hard still that I'm like, it's it's the Brandy one. But mm-hmm. you, the listener, is... Camilla Cabello, your Cinderella, or is it somebody else? I'd love to hear about it. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're going to be talking about Cradle Will Rock. So get ready, everyone. Michelle and Diana, thank you so much for coming on slash back on. <laughs> thank you. This is so a lot well, of fun. Welcome to the <laughs> Life's What a Family. Thank uh, you. We will get it. back on again in a future sounds good yeah definitely and everyone thank you for listening and bye for now bye Bye. special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day